This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I'm joined once again, Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. We're going to get started here in just a minute. Before we do that, we're coming to the end of the year. I just want to ask you if Practical Shepherding has been a help to you in any way, if you would be willing to consider an end-of-the-year gift. You can donate through the webpage. You can go to the donate button there, and or you can go to the page, and it shows you even how you can send a donation in if you don't want to do that online. But um, we would love your support and help as we come to the end of the year. So thank you for those who do support us. And certainly the encouraging words uh, that you give us on the podcast. Uh, You can go to iTunes and write a review there for us if you haven't done that. We also get messages in, just feedback and things. Good and bad, right, Jim? So to help us grow and to know well, not, what we never need bad, Brian. Never, Criti- ba- I mean, sometimes critical, but not bad. That's there you go. That's a that's a good distinction to make. Yeah, but overwhelmingly positive. And so we <laughs> we we're thankful for the encouraging words that we get. And so feel free to to write us and send any any thoughts and feedback as we if, if the Lord tarries, we plan to to plug away this next year doing the same thing. So we want your questions. We want you to send the topics that you want us to cover, and we'll do our best to, to do that. In fact, Jim, that's what we're going to do this episode. We got a question in I believe, on social media from someone asking a really excellent question that I think it's, that pastor, all pastors should be thinking about, and that is, how do we engage children or think about the children present when we're preaching? So a lot of, you know, there's different churches that have different ages of church, kids in the service. But by and large, most churches will have children who are, you know, six years old and up, uh, or parents might choose to have a child in in there. Obviously, uh, most churches run nurseries and things like that. Not all, but many do. So we're thinking of maybe, when we say children, we're talking maybe, you know, four or five years old, all the way up through grade school and teenagers and those kind of Mm -hmm. things. So before we talk about just how to think about practically in our sermons, how do we be mindful that children are present? But is, is there any kind of biblical context to, to know we should be doing this, Jim? I think there are several, Brian. Uh, you, you, you have in the, in the Old Testament, you have in the reading of the law, a very interesting statement. It talks about the men and the women and the children who could hear with understanding. Uh-huh. I think it's a very interesting, yeah, that's an interesting uh, phrase. statement around that. You obviously have the ministry of Jesus in which he very much engages uh, uh, with children, even you know, down to infants, but also with children, the whole you know, suffer the children to come to me, the likening of the kingdom to to children, uh, the thought that, of the disciples that children would be a distraction to ministry when in fact they're actually an enhancement to ministry, and then probably at least for me, Brian, one of the clearest, and, and you mentioned it in prep, is uh, in Ephesians that the Apostle Paul is is addressing the congregation, and he does so along the lines of of wives, husbands, and then children, and then fathers, parents, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, parents and, and fathers. Uh, but the, the point, and he says to them, children, obey your parents in the Lord. And he not only, this is in Colossians as well, and he seems to indicate that these children may well possess faith. Uh, right. in, in that they they want to know, well, how can I please the Lord? What does the Lord want me to do? Yeah. So Christian wife's listening. Are there things I should be hearing? Christian husband's listening. Are there things I should be doing? Even Brian, a Christian servant in that context or slave is thinking, is there a way I can honor God in, in what um, I do? Yeah. And, and so that a child who loves the Lord 
it may be asking, are there ways to honor the Lord? Well, yeah, here is a way. This is what's good and right in the sight of the Lord. And, and, and this is part of what, if you're a believer, what your union in Christ uh, calls you to do. Or that, and even fact, Brian, the fact that that text is there, which is a reference to the fifth commandment, there's a commandment given to children. Yeah, right. One of the Ten Commandments. So the next commandment is don't murder, and the next commandment is don't commit adultery. Well, those aren't necessarily geared as much toward children. But in the Ten Commandments, there is one addressed to children. And so if God addresses children, if Christ dealt with children, if the apostle recognized children in his ministry, then uh, children should not be ignored by us. It's good. And I think there's an important observation to make, especially in the, the letter to the Ephesians, and that is that those letters were circulated and the church was all gathered together in the public reading of Mm -hmm. those letters. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget that dynamic that the Ephesian church was all gathered together and this letter's read and Paul is highlighting husbands, wives, children, Mm -hmm. fathers, like he's he's calling groups out in the church, giving specific instructions. He's assuming the children are sitting there listening, and he actually has instruction for them. And I think that that right there is enough of an admonition that pastors should definitely be not only mindful of children being present, but I'll go ahead and say it. I, I think pastors need to evaluate that children are actually present. And in some form or fashion, you yeah. know, I know churches do this differently, and and I I we always we always provided a nursery at our church because it's There's chaos. The difference between that and children's church, right, that's what I mean. Is that yeah. I think pastors, I think in other words, I think a five, six, seven, eight year old sitting and hearing an adult sermon is actually a really valuable thing for right. a child. And that's kind of the context we want to talk about. This. This is why we want to ask the question. So, pastor, preacher. How are you mindful of the six-year-old, the seven-year-old sitting right. there? Might have saving faith, might not have saving right. faith. How are you mindful of them? So, Jim, where do we start in in trying to think about how a pastor can address this? I think, Brian, one of the first things that comes to mind, and this is more generic, but it includes kids in this, is the, the simplicity and illustration yeah. aspect of our sermon. Yeah, it's good. And I always say the point of communication is to communicate. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter how true what you're saying is. If you use language that is obscure, mm-hmm. that is above the capacity of the average listener, then it doesn't matter how true what you say. It's just like if I, if I preached a sermon in Portuguese, there's only one lady in my church who would understand it. Yeah. Uh, and again, it could all be true. It could be great gospel, powerful truth. But if it's not understandable and children who listen and this is this is another issue is for parents is i think initially early on when you're training a child to be in a worship service you may train them to be quiet at first but you're ultimately not just wanting them to be quiet you're wanting them to listen and to engage right so when a preacher speaks clearly and, and that is in a way that's understandable uses as often as they can a more simple word with there's a complex word or a simple word he chooses the more simple word and then uses illustrations illustrations stories in a sermon can really grab the attention of kids absolutely and so i think those are two things very simply i think that we can do those are great points i also think that you know i'm already struck by just early on in this conversation jim that we're having how much this conversation is so valuable not just in thinking about kids 
this is talking. This is thinking about effective preaching, yeah. because I had once somebody tell me tell me once that your ser- you, you should write your sermon like a like a an eight year old and an eighty year old who can't read is sitting there, mm-hmm. and that was so helpful to me because I think what happens is especially. You know, I I think guys get tempted by this from their seminary education is is to come out and be really heady mm-hmm. and complicated and and lofty in right. your references and your illustrations and all these things and and as you said the the average listener like you got to know your your audience you got to know your people you got to know your people's kids and and I think that keeping the, them in mind as you're writing your sermon uh, is really crucial versus you write the sermon and and then maybe you're you're maybe mindful of kids that are being there. No, like be mindful of when you write your sermon uh, that the kids are, are present. So one thing I used to do that ended up becoming a really fruitful practice for me is one of the things we did during family dinner when my kids were little is we would read the passage I'm preaching and I would ask my kids to just have a discussion about it. What do you what do you what do you think this is saying? What do you think this means? And you know, how are you struck by this? And the feedback I got from my five year old, my seven year old, my nine year old yeah. on the text actually really helped me think through how to preach the sermon in a simplistic way. And I think that's the thing I really want to emphasize is whether you're thinking about kids or not, that we need to be we need to be simple with our with and clear with our sermons. I think when you we, we think back on the people that we we celebrate as effective preachers, I think one of the things that you think of Spurgeon and you know and some some others that that were so articulate and brilliant in their preaching, but it was it was simple and clear to where Spurgeon was mindful of kids sitting there, and I think that that's reflected in his sermons. Wouldn't you Wouldn't you agree? I would agree, and I, I would add to that uh, if if you're if anybody listening is not yet familiar with J. C. Ryle. Uh, yeah. You can actually get these online and just look them up. Uh, Ryle's sermons to children. Yeah. yeah. Now he actually did several sermons just to children. There's, a, there's a, I know I've read one book that I think has a dozen, and I can still remember the outlines of some of those sermons. I read it 20 years ago. I yeah. can remember the outlines because they were. He strove after that kind of simplicity, uh, and. You know, Brian, I, I just wanted to share a quick story because in light of what you just said there, one of the things that really pierced my heart years ago, my oldest daughter, who had for years was, you know, when I say years, I'm talking about to seven, eight, nine, ten, seemed, you know, knowledgeable but indifferent really spiritually. But one night in family worship, it was a Saturday night, and I was, and I had said something about what I was going to preach tomorrow, and I started talking about the text. And if I remember rightly, it was Luke, I think it was Luke 13 on that strive to enter the narrow way that, you know, the uh-huh. master of the house yep. shutting it down and, and kind of on this urgency of salvation. And she said, just with emotion, she said, daddy, would you please preach that in a way that a child can understand? Uh, interesting. Wow. Now I always wanted to do that, but it just really hit my heart. You know, daddy, please say that in a way a child could understand. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, some have said that the gospel is shallow enough for a child, you know, to, to, to wade in, but it, you know, it's deep enough to drown an elephant, you know, it's that kind of an idea, yeah. but, yeah. but recognizing there is a simplicity here of uh, that, that, you know the, these children. You know need need this gospel too. They need this application too. I want to make sure then 
that I'm saying this in a way that mm-hmm. that that they can understand and follow the simple instructions of what it means to come to faith in Christ. No, that's really a great story, and I I think something that doesn't get emphasized enough in Jesus' ministry is how much he interacted with children, how much he just deeply loved children, mm. and you know I think we we read that you know the to to have a childlike faith, and we hear kind of connections like this, but we don't really dig deep in. Uh, Jesus literally, like, particularly loved children and loved them well. Mm-hmm. And I think one is a model on how pastors should interact with children, right? And but but also to to see the importance of you know, the importance of children that that Jesus had, and that we should have the same kind. And if we and the one of the best ways for, to reflect that we actually care for kids is one how we interact with them, you know, one on one. Which, by the way, Jim, I, I want to commend you. I, I I've I've learned from you through the years in how how proactive you are in interacting and in, and in engaging with children on one on one basis and on Sundays. Like I I don't think I've maybe ever told you that, mm-hmm. but I've watched that for years, and it really helped me to think about how to. You know, how to interact with kids. Mm. And I think that mindset is what makes us then step into the pulpit when we publicly preach, knowing they're sitting there right. and want to be able to address them. So which I want to turn the, the a question to this way. So do we, when we publicly preach, do we address kids directly? We want to be mindful of them in the simplicity of our sermons. But do we take it a next step? Do we actually address children in some way in the sermon? Brian, I don't know that I would say in every sermon necessarily, but I think often enough that they know that you know that they're there and that you have carried them in your heart in your preparation. We are we're pastoral preachers. And so like right now I'm in the midst of I'm doing a a Zoom conference to folk in Singapore. And one of the things I have to say often when I'm doing a cross-cultural type ministry is we have a phrase here, I don't know if you do this there. I don't know if this is an issue for you there. But I don't have to do that when I'm here uh, because I know my flock. And so if I'm preaching to my flock, now I might say, hey, listen, we have a lot of visitors here. I don't know where y'all are at. But even in saying that, I'm saying, listen, I'm mindful of my surroundings. I'm mindful. If you're visiting here, I saw you. I see that you're here. And I recognize this may be your first time here. And this may look, I don't know if you're a Christian or not, so this may look weird to you. Let me try to explain a little bit about what's going on. I'm just going to, and I think that that's valuable to them. But when we do stop and say, no, children, you may wonder, you know, what does this mean? Or, or that sounds funny. Or uh, here's a word or here's a phrase that may seem silly to you. But let me, let me, uh, let me try to explain this to you. And, and I, again, I, don't, I, I don't do it every time. And, and I'm even as I'm, I'm, I realize I probably sometimes I do a better job after the service than during the service. And I'm, I'm reminded in, in this, I'm glad we're doing this because it is reminding me that more often I do this, that I should do this. And, and I have on occasion actually preached a sermon just to children mm-hmm. where I've said, this is just a message for the kids. You know, the adults, you're welcome to listen uh, but this is this is particularly for them. So preaching through Ephesians, I did that because children, okay, kids, this is you. And so here's a sermon for kids. This is it. This is who I have in mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that there are times that you can do that uh, in a way that I hope hopefully would be 
uh, helpful. That's good. I think uh, another thing to think about is uh, two two other just practical things I want to throw out there that we started doing. Excuse me. Uh, we created a a bulletin for just kids. Mm-hmm. So mindful that kids were there. We act, now this takes some extra work and things, but we had somebody in the church that took it on, and it became a very fruitful thing. So we have our normal you know church bulletin, mm-hmm. but then this simple bulletin that you know is clearly made for kids, but it has you know it has scripture reference, it has the passage in there, it has maybe you know, an outline in it as well, mm-hmm. but also things they can color and, you know, I mean, making something for kids. And um, parents found that incredibly helpful to help their kids engage, you know, during the sermon. Uh, there's a story that I tell with my son. We were trying to teach him to take notes during the sermon. He's about seven or eight years old, and he was old enough to write and t- do those things. And so I remember we, we were at home for lunch one day, and I'm in after church and I was asking him about his, you know, did you take any notes during the sermon? He's like, yeah, I actually took some notes, showed me his bulletin. He just, he just drew pictures. And I went, you know, son, these aren't your, these aren't notes. You just, you sat and drew. He's like, no, those are my notes. And I had this argument with my eight year old. Uh, <laughs> and, and he says, dad, those are my notes. And he, and he talked me through my whole sermon through the pictures that uh. he drew. And he taught me something really important that, you know, kids are going to process differently and they're going to listen differently. And so create ways for them to process the sermon and talk about it, not just maybe in the way we think that they should. So when we created this bulletin, it kind of had that theme around. It's like, you know, kids are going to process it. Kids may write out in story pictures, you know, truths from the sermon that that's being preached. So providing a bulletin that's theirs, that they actually, you know, it's simple. Right? It's just a fold-over thing. But that was that was one great thing. second thing I would say, is uh, I I would address children at different times, not regularly, but I would address children in this in a sermon where I felt like there was a particular application that I so even I think that's good what you mentioned of hey you know this might this may be a word that sounds strange you can address them acknowledge them but I actually mm. would say hey and and I would actually stop for a minute and say hey anyone in the, anyone who is ten years old or younger. Oh, I, just look up at me a minute. Right. Even if you're right, just look up at me. I want, I want, I want to say something to you all. And I would get their attention. Of course, their parents are, you know, getting them. And right. And I would say something you know, very simple. It's like, the, so this, this is something I want you to see particularly about this, this about what mm. Jesus is doing here, what, mm. what this is, what, what's being said here. And say something really simple, just to acknowledge them and edify. Right. Them. I think you can do that. I don't do that. Don't do that every week. I think that yeah. can become tiresome, but. Finding key times, especially in certain passages, and again, it goes back to your prep. When you're preparing your application for the sermon, you know who are you thinking about? You're thinking about these different members and people and what they're going through, but also think about the kids. Think about the unconverted kids that are sitting there. Think about the kids who may have saving faith and wonder if the pastor knows they're even sitting there at all. So I think that there are many ways to address children, to to recognize their value and that they're sitting there. But it does take an intentionality, I think we have to say. Yeah, Most people right. don't intuitively do this. Right, and I think that's part of it, is that, is that recognition, that, that an emotional and prayerful and mental recognition that they are there and that, and again, it gets down to this, that they matter. And, 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 and it does, it, it matters to them. It matters to their parents. Uh, there's an old proverb that says something like, you know, he who lays a hand on a child's head lays his hand on the mother's heart, something like that. Yeah. And, and it, it builds bridges between families. It, it opens the doors. I mean, 
I do it because I love them anyway. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not trying to do anything other than express to these kids. I really do care about them. I really do. I really care about them and I really love them. But I do think at, at certain times that this is building bridges. So mm-hmm. if a five-year-old's got a t-ball game, if I can make it over or soccer, you know, I've been over to watch kids play soccer yeah, right. over, you know, at the one of the local places or watch them hit a ball or see them in a play or see them at a recital or, or yep. to one of the things I try to do is to remember their birthdays, you know? So I, we have in our church directory, their uh, people's birthdays in the coming, uh, well, no, a, a newsletter. We have to print out a newsletter as well as you know, send it out on email. But it puts the birthdays and mm-hmm. anniversaries for that month. I try to always make sure I look at that and think, okay, which of the kids can I go up and say, hey, is it your birthday this week or something like that? Now that's tremendously exciting. Oh yeah, uh, for yeah, them totally. that, that that you know that they want to talk about it. You know, I mean, they'll sometimes they'll tell me uh, two months ahead. My birthday's coming up. Yeah, in March. I'm like, well, it's a little <laughs> bit away. You know, I'm going to be four. <laughs> Yeah, you know, um, but to have that, there's one of the kids. Uh, we do dad jokes. You know, he he likes puns and corny jokes. So mm-hmm. I'll often try to think of one and look one up on a Saturday, thinking, okay, if I see him on Sunday, I'm going to tell yeah, him this. That's great. You know, those kinds of things, and and that helps. That's outside the pulpit, but they they know when that guy standing up there, that guy loves me. Yeah, he knows me. He knows me. He knows who I am. He knows my name. He knows it's my birthday. And so that when he preaches and talks, and if he says something like, kids, I want to, you know, once you encourage you, really pay attention to this, that there's a relationship there. I think that that that's a helpful uh, thing to cultivate. Yeah, Yeah, you make a great point in that. I think we we underestimate the impact of of kids in the service. They're watching you up there every week. You're kind of in this perched spot every week speaking to everybody like however they process that like you are important like you what you say matters apparently because everybody's sitting listening to you talk so. i had a kid say to me once and this was at first it just shocked me until i realized what had happened this little kid came up he was like three or four <laughs> and he was at church it was just like after this was it wasn't on a sunday at first and he i think at first it was on a sunday he looked at me and he said you're god oh well, and I was like, no, you know, I had this whole talk with him. And then a few <laughs> weeks later, his, his parents were at the church doing something. And he walked into my office and, he's, and he, go, he looks at me and he goes, you look like God. <laughs> and I realized what had happened was his parents were telling him during the sermon, you need to listen. This is when God is speaking. To oh, you. wow. Yeah. I, yeah, a, yeah, a little, you know, little it's kind of a bad did, thing to get lost did, in translation, did, right? Well, I thought, well, maybe if it was Buddha, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I look a little bit like that. But you know, no, but it was like, it, it was. I realized that, but his parents were trying to convey to him, "You really need to listen to this man." Yeah, but what really would help speak. him to yeah. do that? What really helps him is not just that exhortation, but to know that man who's up there knows me, loves me, cares about me. And, and now he's he's actually sometimes even like kids. I got something in the sermon for you. Let me mention one other thing. But I know we're on time here. Uh, so one of our good friends, mutual good friend, our our, our Englishman by way of Scotland yes. friend. Yes. Um, he would do a children's sermon. Would he in the midst of a, in the midst of the service? So it would be like between hymns or something. He'd invite all the kids up. Huh. Five minutes. Four or five minutes, they would all come up front, sit, you know, sit on the ground, 
at the front and he would you know sit on the steps he'd tell do a quick little three four five minute children's sermon they'd all go go hmm. go go back uh you ever seen that done or you know you what ever seen I, that done well or have you have, ever thought have, about doing I've anything seen it like not that? done well and so it got a <laughs> bad taste in my mouth i'd say i'm not a i'm not a fan however okay. but when i just hearing that he did that like it's like yeah when a guy I like would, that does it you're like i, I could be one over I i've just seen right, it done right. poorly most yeah. a lot, most of the time but but i but yeah no i but i think that's 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 something else to consider you know again it's another way to engage kids Last thing I'll say this is uh, is praying for children in the service, mm. almost giving them a heads up that you're going to. So yeah. imagine you know a pastoral prayer, and right before you pray, say, you know what, uh, all the kids, you know, will you look up here, man? I'm about to pray, but I want you to know, I know school starts this week, mm. and and I'm I'm going to pray for each of you that God blesses you mm. as you go into school. Yeah, you know, I mean, just so again, a lot of times with kids, I've found that. It's good to you don't want it to be a side because a lot of times they may not be just totally dialed in listening to what you're right. saying all the time, right? And it, so you want to almost get their attention like that, but get their attention. Say, listen, listen, because I want to pray for you in particular today. And I found just doing things like that, kids seem to connect with me personally when I would address them uh, publicly like that. I have to say, one of the things that I miss most about being a local church pastor is the kids. I, yeah. I miss that part. I loved getting to interact with them as the pastor, as the one they looked up and saw up there. And then somehow they just thought it was amazing that I knew their name, that I would interact with them right. and I would give time to them. And I, I love kids. And so I have to say, that's one of the things that, that I do miss getting to interact with kids every week after having preached, after being the one that's leading the service and those kinds of things. So, mm. uh, so we, you know, this is a good conversation to have that pastors either thinking about mm. kids in the service or whether, Jim, you know, if, if anybody's just been challenged today, you know what, I don't, I don't engage the kids after the service like I should. That's a, this is, that's a valuable thing to come from this conversation, wouldn't you say? I agree. And, and I, I, I've, said, I've said to the adults at our church, you know, that the too often our, our eyes are at adult level. Yeah. And kids are just something to avoid running into you, yeah. and and rather than but you know do you know their names you know just even if it's from the church directory do you know whose kids belong with whom, do you know them do you pray for them so that you can tell them that and, and if you pick up in a conversation, uh, some kids are going to feel a little bit awkward if you know fifty year old is is saying hey how's school how's school going, mm. well that's going to be less awkward the more they get to know you and mm. and. Uh, uh, you know, you, you can you can do all kinds of things. Pastor John, one of the pastors at our church, one of the things he's he has a little trick. He's he's the candy man. He has he has his pocket oh, stuffed man. with Smarties. That's brilliant. And, and, That's brilliant. And you know, it's okay with the parents, but those kids come up. Every kid in the church, every Sunday, comes up to him with their hand out. It's uh, a brilliant and, idea and, to be and, a magnet for kids. And, and you know? so you know, they all know him. Every <laughs> Pastor John, for those who would, Pastor John is a is an older tall, dignified, thin, handsome, Afri- African-American man. Yeah. Everything yeah. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and every once in a while, I have one of the little kids come up, and just because I preach, and he preaches, and I preach, they'll come up and put their hands out. I'm like, what in the world makes you think <laughs> that I'm him? You know, but uh, uh, they're Are like, you you're really us? not paying attention, you know. So, 
But anyway, I, I, it's nothing. It's, I, I don't do it, and I realize for some people it could sound pervy. There's nothing pervy in Pastor John doing what he does. Uh, but the kids all love him, you know, when they do actually yeah. recognize him. But no, but they usually do. But you know, they uh, they love him. It was it was just a way again to to draw out the hearts. There's a reason behind it, sure, um, so that they will listen to him better, yeah. and love him more when he preaches. Well, and, and I, that he'll grow in love for them. I appreciate you sharing that. I've just made a mental note on who I get smarties from. Next yeah, when time you come I'm, to church, or I'm come at RBC church. Pastor, you know, you, when, you, you right. put out your hand, John will give you some smarties. <laughs> so, quick story, and then I'm going to ask you to pray. Uh, that there was a, a little boy that was born into our church. Uh, he, he was born with Down syndrome. The doctor encouraged this couple to abort the child right. when they saw that. They had the child. He was born. I was at the hospital with him, walked through all of that from the day this, this child was born. And as he grew up in the church, he and I were buddies, and everybody knew it. This was, this was my guy. And so the routine was, as he grew up and got older, uh, that the routine was he would come find me. He'd come out of the nursery. He'd come find me in the back where I'd be greeting people. And everybody knew that we were, we were really close and that Tommy was my buddy. And as soon as he ran up, Whoever was in line next to talk to me knew to stop yeah. and wait until he came, and I got a hug from him, got to yeah. interact with him. Uh, it was the routine every week. Of course, people, you know, people loved it. But uh, they moved away. His dad went to to pastor, and uh, that was that was really. I mean, I loved that interaction every time. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just share that to say, you know, pastors, if you're not engaged with kids, you know, yeah, it's one more thing to do. It may not be the thing that's on your radar, but. Uh, but I would encourage you, there, there's all kinds of personal blessing, not just to that child, but to you personally to, to engage that, whether you're preaching publicly and thinking about it, yeah. or whether you just interact uh, one-on-one. So Jim, we take a minute and pray for, for pastors yeah. around this? Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your heart displayed in your word for children and, and addressing children in your everlasting word. And Father, we thank you that even in thundering from Sinai, you recognized children, and and as the law was written, it was it was read in the uh, hearing of the children. And thank you for the heart of our Lord for children, and the heart of the apostle for uh, children that he addressed them uh, and thought about them. And Lord, we pray that you would aid every pastor listening to this and in their interaction with the little ones in their congregation, and in, in every way that is appropriate to. I have have uh, tethers of affection and care and concern, and Lord, because it's right in and of itself, but Father, also that it may open the ears and the hearts of these little ones to listen uh, to the man of God as he gets into the pulpit. Uh, Father, pray you'd help us to teach and convey your word with a simplicity uh, so that even young ones can profit and understand enough uh, to know and love the Savior, we pray in his name. Amen. Amen.